Welcome to the Dynasty Academy, Michael Washington Weeks. I said, boy, aren't you a dense one, you overripe banana. Mark Angst. And Eli, you can't put this in the show. But these idiots are literally talking about trading. Eli Manuel. Dollar General. Legion of Boom. Eli, you can cut this out. You can leave it in, too. Restart. They hit hard. They hit different. Mark is being a pompous ass before we came on air, and Brian Robinson's number one for him. Elite. All right, run us an intro. Oh, oh, just run us an intro. Look at this. Okay, dictator. Holy shit. (laughs) Somebody pissed me. He is the producer, so. Yeah, this is true. He is the producer. Where's Donovan Duck? I have leagues on too many apps. I don't know what to follow. Tonight on the Dynasty Academy, we're going to discuss Sleeper ADP. That's been updated. We're going to go through who would you rather have discuss what positional our surprises with the sleeper ADP, basically what we surprise, what we, what we think is crazy. What we think is not crazy. You know, you know, it surprised me the most. I have a game. Well, I, I mean, we can get there. Are we, are we going to do the game first? Or are we going to do it afterward? Well, actually, I have a question before we even get into the ADP well, in general. I, well, Eli was about to say something. I cut him off. So let Eli finish his thought first, but. Does the one-on-one surprise anyone? The no. one-on-one overall? No. Not at all. The, the top. Seven, don't surprise me at all. I do want to say something about Josh Allen. Even for the people <laughs> that I that we're in leagues with that we know were high on Josh Allen, I don't think there was a single person that thought this dude's going to be our 101 in Dynasty startups in, what, four years? Nobody. No. Well, I'm going to pet myself on the back here. I didn't have him as my number one overall. I will say that I never thought that that was happening. But... I was a Josh Allen truther from day one. I legit saw a ceiling with him that was higher than most people did. And I know that his floor was way lower, but I love this guy from day one. So I'm patting myself on the back and I'll take that as a W for myself. Yeah. And I've (laughs) I've seen people that were high on him and then there was people that were way out and I was definitely part of that crowd, but I came around, but I still... Yeah, I didn't see him at one like, overall. Oh, I've got a top ten quarterback. Not, I've got a guy that is he. I mean, Herbert and Mahomes could take it back this year. Don't get me wrong, but right now he is the one on one. Easily. All right. So, what's your question, Mark? Let's start off with your. Let's let's jump to your question now. Okay. Well, it it's got to do with the CGC freshman draft we're in right now. It's our first one of the year. Okay. And yeah. we've all made picks so far, and pretty much what I was wondering is. In, in a draft like that where you're drafting incoming freshmen, these are guys you really know nothing about, do you look at your team and do you focus on trying to add some need with your first maybe round or two, or do you just go based on the guys that are ranked higher or you know were recruited higher or what you think has the most upside guys in general? Because I'll answer the question first myself. I went with my first pick, need. Now, I ended up getting a guy who was one of the top quarterbacks, so it, it made it easier, but I still, looking at the, the quarterbacks that I have, felt quarterback was where I should go almost no matter what. Now, if the first five picks ahead of me were all quarterbacks, I probably wouldn't have went quarterback, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. But I felt need was more important at that moment for my team. So I was curious how you two tackled your first couple picks. Well, I don't know if you've seen my team in this league, but my quarterbacks might be the most dreadful set of quarterbacks ever taken in the history of fantasy football. My highest scoring quarterback is now a backup in Miami. 
like Teddy Bridgewater last year was the highest scoring quarterback. And that isn't suffice to say that I have Daniel Jones on my roster, if that tells you anything. But last year I tackled quarterback across the board because of that reason. In a league like this with a deep Devi, it is it is hard and difficult to be able to make moves without having a set of draft picks to kind of fall back on. So you can't just trade your first, your second, your third, and, and accumulate these draft picks because it's it's tougher, at least at this moment. Like this juncture of this league is what is this, the third year we're going into for with this league. So yeah. <clears throat> this league will be a lot richer at the quarterback position going into the rookies probably this year and next year for players that were not taken in the initial startup. Uh, this year I didn't do it. I drafted Luther Burden two over number two overall and stayed away from the quarterback spot. I, I could have I could have gone quarterback, but I tackled quarterback the year before. So I guess it would really just be based upon how you feel comfortable with the guys that you have ahead of them. I mean I still landed Ty Simpson at two oh five, which I absolutely love landing a, a five-star recruit like that there, uh, but he's an Alabama quarterback. And there's no guarantees with those guys. So, I, I mean, I guess my strategy was just more or less just go after guys with the high upside because I took Le'Veon Moss, who looks like he could be a high day two pick at running back in the, with, with my pick at 202. So I, I don't know if it's necessarily a need based upon positional need because they're so far out before they can come up. As much as it is just to be like, okay, if I can patchwork this enough for a few years, then maybe I can get a guy, I guess. Eli? Um, so just to add to this one, with this league, we don't count scoring. So it's a little bit different then. Yeah, yeah, this is more of the a deep other... heavy than it is really a C2C league. Yeah. Um, so for that reason, obviously getting these incoming freshmen, if they don't make it to the NFL, they're wasted picks, right? We're not getting anything on the college side. So mine was really trying to look at who's a guy that I'm confident is going to get a shot. And I've kind of stayed away from quarterback and went to a little bit of need at the running back position to start out. Also went wide receiver um, because, like Michael said, when we come into the next year and these rookies that get missed, because there's guys that are going to get missed every single year in these leagues, I'm essentially saying, like, hopefully um, – I'm going to be willing to go all in, put all my fab on fab on one of these guys to get them right um, with our blind bid war for the most part. Um, and you're just going to have to be willing to do that and get some of these guys that fall through the cracks. The more guys that fall through the cracks, though, the less likely somebody is going to be to just throw a thousand dollars of fab at the top guy on the list. So it's going to be interesting. Um, quarterback is a so I went need wanted to fill my skill position players because honestly with quarterback sometimes especially in dynasty if you can get a younger guy on your team that's going to be a consistent starter for five to ten years in the NFL I don't need to worry about quarterback for a while I don't even need to worry about backfilling but running back wide receiver in a C to C I feel like you need to be rotating constantly because with that short shelf life you you got to be able to hit running back wide receiver so focusing on need but like for this league it's who do i think's most likely to get a shot in the nfl what's their recruit with running back i thought about taking branson robinson but when i look at him i just think i don't want that guy in the nfl i don't want the big bruiser back because he's probably going to get bigger as he goes into college he's already 220 or something and i mean don't get me wrong i want him on my nfl team but for fantasy i probably stay away from it 
and Mark, the other thing to keep in mind too is is a, another part of this is trying to find, uh, like like Eli said, the the balance of getting guys that are going to translate to the NFL level. And I feel like when it comes to college side of things, running back is a little bit more predictable than quarterback and wide receiver is as far as hit rate is concerned. Like, you know, these guys are coming to the NFL. Like, Benjamin Robinson, when he was recruited, everybody knew that this guy was going to be a top recruit. Now, it's not to say that there isn't. It, it's, on a, it's on a super high percentage. But I feel like running back is probably a higher percentage than wide receiver and quarterback. It's in, higher in, than them, yes. In, sure, in, in, it, it's not high. It's not high, but it's higher. No, it's higher. So, yeah, I mean, especially especially than wide receiver even out for quarterback because right. I feel like we could go through the wide receiver recruit rankings over the last ten years and look at some of them. Right. We don't have to do it right this second. Um, and, and you will find way more three, four star wide receiver recruits that made to the NFL and are hitting then I mean geez what was Justin Jefferson a, a two or three star guy I was I gonna say yeah he wasn't a very a couple high years, years ago because he, he they had to beg him to let him on LSU and that's only because like his brother or, or or Dell or someone was like yeah no you gotta add this guy yeah um so it it's definitely higher than wide receiver quarterback I think is sometimes a little bit closer but even then it's I, I think the top guys for quarterback are like guys that you know and then like some of those other guys i mean take a look at a guy like keaton slovis he came out of nowhere and everybody was like oh this guy's gonna be a top 10 pick now he has to have a bounce back here spencer rattler everybody was like oh this guy's but i think like top guys like peyton manning like when peyton manning came out you were just like this guy's gonna be the first overall pick i mean look at the <laughs> top just, like... just looking right there the top five guys one two three four out of the top five you don't even know who they are yeah. at this point yeah you don't Austin even know who has a, I think he is in the NFL possibly right now. He was. He anything to, to write he home might about. still be. I mean, look at this. Look Nikhil at this Harry. And, but yeah, but you can't you can't go. Nikhil Harry is actually a JUCO transfer that got rated. Yeah, so yeah, he wasn't even team. an incoming freshman, I think, at that time. Yeah, Brian Edwards, he's in the league still. DK Metcalf. Yeah, but, but we're now in the but we're talking, we're down we're talking 21st. Yeah, like the, the amount of guys before 21 that transferred and hit a wide receiver. I mean, it's not even, it's not even close. Like, and, and that's what I mean. It's it's wide receiver is the most volatile yeah, wide, of them all. Wide receiver probably has also the the a lower percentage in general, just because of the amount of wide receivers that come out in comparison to quarterbacks and running backs. Because you know there's there's X amount of teams, you know, uh, colleges out there that have, you know, uh, hold on, hold on, stop there. Go back up a little, a little bit. Beelis Jones originally, <laughs> oh, he was originally at South Carolina or uh, Southern USC. Carolina. I forgot. Yeah, USC. Yeah, I forgot. Valus Jones. This was in 2007. Irv Smith. They, well, they, <laughs> the Titans are in here with it. Um, it's the same recruited class as DK Metcalf, so that makes. <laughs> it. I was gonna say he's like 27 years old, isn't he? He's a rookie. It's crazy. Uh, I just wanted to see if there is anybody way down here that. Well, I'm sure that there is somebody down there. I mean, you're you're talking about the 2016 recruiting class, so you know that would have been. 2019 rookie class if they were out early so it's just interesting but that's the uh hard part for me when we do you know i'm looking at debbie rankings i'm looking at um recruiting and then with running backs like the more you look at this the more of course Najee harris is the one that pops up but we're seeing it more and more where running backs that end up getting drafted 
fall into a narrow window of size and speed. We have a few outliers here and there that don't meet those, but and, and this, this is this is the thing that blows my mind. The number one recruit went to Florida State this year, and then the number four recruit went to Florida State. Like as a running back, why why are you doing that to yourself? Why are you putting yourself in that position? You could have used you could have used next year's class. Number one well, and right, number two were going to Alabama all the time. But I'm like, just, like I'm just we're looking at these two guys. Why why are you why are you putting yourself in those spots just to be at that school? Like and, and, and Eli, you know what the funny part is here is if you go back down real quick. Oh, you changed it real quick. On I me, can go back. If if you went back down real quick here, we this this class here had Jonathan Taylor at what twenty two in the consensus. So. Jonathan Taylor was 22 in the consensus. If we had been doing a freshman draft in 2017, Jonathan Taylor would li- unlikely have been drafted. Or he would have been he, a late round. Because pick. he was too far down, unless it was like our big C2C league. Like the current league I'm talking about, I don't think that it, he would have been, you know, he would oh, have been too far not down. Probably in this one. I think he would have uh, been. In, in C2C universe, C2C kingdom, I think that he would have gotten drafted only because it's oh, going to yeah. be a much larger pool. But for this current one there's only 48 picks right getting taken that's it it's only 48 that's picks. why we said it's more like a deep debbie yeah which is much more deep debbie so it, it it's one of those things where a strategy in a league where it's more of a deep debbie than it is necessarily c2c universe and c2c kingdom is going to be i don't think as need driven as much as it is you know where can i get the translation to the next level in c2c universe and c2c kingdom when we enter our first freshman drafts coming up with the college side scoring for you, you're probably going to want to base draft based off need, at least for the first few rounds, because you're going to need to. You're going to need a draft off need because they can score you points at the college level, which translate to the NFL. So it might be something to keep in mind there, at, at, you know, in those two leagues. Completely different strategy involved, in my opinion. Deeper, though. So it, it's, it's kind of, I think, finding a balance. I, I think in, in something like that, early on, I'm still going to look for the, the – Higher recruit that should hit, and then yeah. Well, I mean, I later think, I think, on, yeah, I think you still want to, but at the same time, I think that if you're trying to decide in the first round between the top wide receiver and the top running back, and your running backs are kind of meh, you're probably going to lean running back just to have, even though it's all flex. Yeah, it, at least you're in like, my opinion, just to get the balance out there. You know, search Justin Jefferson. What draft? What recruit class was he? I don't know. Just search him in the search bar over there. Just pull him up in general. So. I don't know. I feel like that the I feel like that the the C to C University to C Kingdom strategy is going to be different just because of the scoring process more than it is anything. I, you know, just at least my thought process. I and mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll tackle him differently because I can. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he went to Alabama originally. That's not him. That's him, isn't it? No, that's a linebacker. That's a linebacker. Sorry. What class was he from? You can't just wow. It doesn't just search and find. No, his... I hate that. Well, he was Sorry, a rookie. In, he was a rookie in twenty twenty. So it's right there. He's a three-star recruit. Yeah, what was he? What was he ranked? Three, three hundred and ten at his position. <laughs> so that people believed, and of course, he probably, you know, there was probably a reason for it. But that there was three hundred and nine <laughs> wide receivers. That's that's not the overall ranking. That is the wide receiver ranking. Yep. Three hundred and nine wide receivers that in college better than him as a freshman. Not not overall as a freshman class. Yep. That's, that's what makes this so difficult. Right, because I'm pretty sure Chris Olave and uh, uh, Garrett Wilson weren't top five guys either. Traylon oh, Burks, I don't believe, was either. I don't think Burks was. Garrett Wilson was a five-star. Oh, okay. I don't remember him being that 
Old Sterling class was he? A class. 2019. 19. Yeah, a lot of it St. Brown ahead of him at number two. <laughs> hey. hey. I mean, when we were looking at the one running back, um, Stephen Carr, isn't he still in college? Yeah, Stephen Carr is still finally there. out of college. No, he's still there. No, he's yeah, out. He's, he's out. No, he's out. He's out. Sorry, he was out. Yeah. He was in the 2016 recruiting class. Yeah, he's out. <laughs> he has no more eligibility left. He's like he's the loose Jones of running backs. I can't believe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> 2016 okay. recruiting class. Stephen Carr. Yeah. The loose Jones no, too, uh, wasn't he? Loose, yeah. No, he was, he was no. 2017. No, he was 2016. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. I was, he was DK's class. DK's class. So. And he was like top 50 or 60 or something. Maybe he was in the hundreds. I don't even know. Crazy. Nuts. I mean, the 2020 did an extra, you know, the COVID year did a good job of his eligibility there for sure. Speaking of ADP. Speaking of ADP. Speaking of it. Let's start here. There we go. With the, with the RB4 and the RB5. Javante Williams and DeAndre Swift. You're on the clock. Which one are you taking? Um, I'm taking Javante. I'm taking Javante. Yeah, I think I think it's a clean sweep, and I, for me, it's solely based on I think Javante gets more of the full workload from his team, and can and will catch passes, where I think Swift will lose carries. I on that team. I think there's similar running backs, but I want the one on the better offense with the better quarterback. Um, I. For me, it's just more. For me, it's just more. Javante, I feel like, is going to be the the. I don't know more of a workhorse back than what Swift's going to be. I think Detroit right. is going to. I I think Detroit's going to use Swift as much as possible, but I feel like it's going to be probably more of a. Swift will have bigger <sighs> games. Javante yeah. will be more consistent. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's, I think that's fair. All right, let's move on to our QB nine and QB ten. Age will come into a factor here of Russell Wilson and Trey Lance, but I want Wilson. When you when you're obviously drafting, you have to consider those things. Oh, Trey Lance or Russell Wilson? I guess it would depend on how I'm going about my. I guess it would it would have to depend on how I'm going about my building my roster more than let's, anything. Let's say we're we're still in the first round. You're, you're at pick nine, or, or sorry, ten or eleven. You're at pick ten or eleven. So you're, you're sitting there. It's your first pick. You're staring down the quarterbacks. You had to choose one of those two. Who, who are you starting with? And and knowing that that will set the tone then for the rest of your draft, pretty much. Well, I mean, are we doing? Well, okay. Well, I mean, I would say Trey Lance if it's a dynasty or or C to C league, just okay. based upon just based upon age alone. For the factor that I mean, and he may bust out for all I know, based, and be and be a bust, but based on sleeper ADP. Those players should be there at the twenty fourth pick. Yeah, but we we've, we've watched some of our C to C draft where, granted, we do start three quarterbacks, so that does change a little bit. But still, I don't think in in, in today's day and age, people quarterbacks, right? In today's day and age, people are way more on top of quarterbacks more often than they used to be. I think so. Right. Uh, you, but again, that that does set your tone. If you so, go Trey Lance, you're probably going to stay in the younger course of drafting players. You're not you're not going to turn around and then draft Devontae Adams as your number one wide receiver. Right. Right. You're going to look at the younger route. If you go I, Russell Wilson, you're going to look to go with a more older team. Not old, not, but just more ready to win. It, yep, yep. So I, I wanted to bring that up because Christian McCaffrey went in the fifth round of our recent startup. Right. So... 
keep that in mind. He is RB4 based on sleeper ADP. But people were so focused on youth because they're like, shit, if I can't backfill this roster. So that's the one scary thing about going win now in a C2C, the way that we play. CMC fell to the fifth round. So, so I think that I think that there's a there's a big thing with us and the group of people that we generally you know play with for the most part that kind of have similar thinking styles. I mean, this the, the startup that we just did is had a bunch of new people that we hadn't really played with before, but overall they kind of seem to be kind of you know looking at the younger side of things. And I think CMC is in this unique category. I'm assuming this sleeper ADP is is for Dynasty. Is what you have here for us, Dynasty Superflex. Yes. Yeah, Dynasty Superflex. I think the the biggest thing that we have, there's a group of people out there that are trying to avoid CMC because they don't trust him. I mean, since he signed that contract extension, he's played in, I think, like 13 games, and he's and he's pl- finished like nine of them. I mean, that, that's over the course of what two years going on almost now. So, yeah, I, I think a lot but of he- people are kind of it's proceed with caution type stuff i think let's see i mean fifth round's a little or, far right <laughs> let's be but, honest but, it's far like it's think it's about far. that let's say you got him in the third round because you know quarterbacks i pushed everything back a little bit if he returns to even 75 percent of three years ago cmc a third round pick you're you're, you're gonna be in the playoffs probably just automatically on that unless oh, yeah, you really sure. shit the rest of your team no absolutely so completely it, understand it, that it's it's just that balance, though, when you're looking at players and you're going, oh, no, I'd rather the youth. Oh, no, I'd rather the youth. And then these guys keep falling, and then somebody gets extreme value out of it. But think about how many play- people got burnt by CMC in 2020, 2021, taking okay. him as high as Number they one. did. Right? Number one. As high as they did. And, and over quarterbacks. Seeing, and seeing some of these other running backs that went much later rounds. Uh-huh. For sure. Some people – and running back as a whole is, is starting to kind of – we're seeing this trend again where like it was like zero RDP, you know, zero R running back for like the front half of the 2000s. And then it kind of was like, well, maybe not so such, such a good idea. Like running backs are kind of important. We're kind of seeing this swing again that people are kind of fading running back a little bit. And the zero RB strategy seems to be becoming more popular again. Wait, I don't know, know why, why, but it is. Yeah. Well, I no, mean, here's I, why. Know, I, I know why Let's it's just, it, it's in my experiences with, Every league I've played in, very rarely do zero running back team win the chip. Most of them have one or two, you know, like either one really, really good running back and then like, you know, like a, a middle of the road guy, or they have two or three really solid guys that fall in that RB2, RB3 category that really kind of like set the tone for their team. Don't, very rarely do we see. This most pre- recent C2C for ours is a, a flex only. So some people did go no RB because you didn't need them but, to start but but even even it, with rb starting though it, as a requirement no team, no i'm i'm just saying for our fifth round yeah that, that's that's why he fell so far it, yeah of course. probably oh, yeah, for a sure. normal startup he's probably in the second or third round depending on where quarterbacks go and that's oh yeah yeah, that, yeah that's sure. how you're i mean in in your leagues right now that are just normal superflex dynasty startups it's really dependent on how high do the quarterbacks go do you get 12 of them, 13 of them in the top two rounds? Or do you only get maybe eight, nine of them in the top two rounds? Like, it's well, worth that. And, and I think the other part of it, too, is, is like, out of the 32 teams that are in the league, there's what? Probably about 80% of them run some sort of form of, of an RBBC. 
like there's you know the probably between 80 and 85 percent to be honest with you like there's there's not a lot of that whole workhorse aspect things anymore and and i think that that kind of plays into it because you can get a guy like Dontrell hilliard who you know would have been a good fill-in spot spot starter down the stretch for you last year in like round you know like round 29 Dante foreman off the waiver wire so i kind of understand why you might shy away a little bit from the running back aspect of things I just I have I don't really see unless it's like a, a, a an injured team a lot of R zero RB teams winning the chip. If, I just don't see it. I, don't I see have it. to start running backs. I'm I'm starting the draft with at least one of them in a quarterback or yeah. two of so, them. Okay, and, and let me ask it this way: So your first four picks, okay? Let's say it's quarterback, running back in a super flex standard lineup settings like you would normally see. I'm going quarterback, running back again. Okay. So you want one of the top 12 quarterbacks at least, and then you want yep. your second quarterback probably in the top 20. Yeah. Okay. So with I, running I, back, I, mean, I could go quarterback, quarterback, running back, running back. Okay. That was that was kind of what I was getting at. I would be comfortable in that 12 to 20, 12 to 18 range of running back, 12 to 20 range of running back, and having two of them over ending up with a guy like maybe I get – Fields and I get Kirk Cousins. I would probably rather have a better quarterback situation than moving up my running back a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I also think the thing is too is that the one of the main reasons why I don't really understand zero RB strategy too is because wide receivers so much deeper. I mean, so much Co- Cooper Cup last year didn't go before round five in any startup that I saw. I, I can't think. I mean, I don't know what the ADP was overall for him, but in 2020 uh 2021 but he he every startup i did i didn't see him go before round four i mean round five so and look what he did you know as far as for what he did as far as as far as the season was concerned and look where where he's going now looking at this you know you they have dk metcalf right now is the wide receiver 12 right when so you're, you're taking him you know, I think his ADP here is 38th overall, where guys like Nick Chubb, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley are going after him. Where if I just took one or two of those guys and then went down here to the wide receiver 23 or Keenan Allen, I'm probably going to age a little bit there. But, you know, Chris Olave is not is down here. Javante Williams, Richard Bateman, Elijah, Elijah Moore, Amon Ra, so Darnell Mooney, Mike Williams. Let's look at this right here running back and wide receiver nine, or sorry, this is quarterback and wide receiver. Okay. Quarterback and wide receiver and PPR. The median quarterback scoring for the quarterback nine is 262. Median wide receiver nine, 263. Wide receivers score as much as quarterbacks all the way down to position nine. Yeah. Okay. But then look at running backs down here. Yeah. Yeah. Wide receiver nine or running back nine, 238. So you're losing 30 points on the season, roughly, huh. historically, right? You can draft wide receivers pretty far out. That's what I, you know, this running back starts to flatten a little bit, but there's no point where you're better off taking more running backs. But that's where the positional scarcity comes in, because at what point here do we need to stop thinking about running back, right? I would right say... About, go, go a little well, more to the I, right. I would say after wide right receiver right 20... There. I would say a wide receiver 22 there or whatever, 21, 22. That's 20, actually. 
is probably the spot where you might want to consider running back again. Because it, 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 going by off your chart there, that's where the line dips off again for wide receiver being below that line and running back staying pretty plateau. But no, like you said, that might that's be quarterback. No, yeah. yellow is oh yellow is quarterback. Sorry, yeah, yellow, yellow is quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Sorry, they yeah, die. Much, yeah, they die. Well, yeah, only gonna grab. But, yeah, but that's, that's the point though. Running wide receiver stays above running back until you get to what what's right right where they meet there. You like down a little bit. No, looks like it looks like running back. Looks like way running high, back way higher. Looks like running back six or number six. Five, 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 six range. Five, six From, range. Well, running back five. Yeah. Down. There's only two points different. Yeah, running back five down, they score less than every wide receiver going through each by a, a pretty large gap, and it stays consistent. It gets wider oh. actually. Yeah. Why would I not want to go with the running back five, running back six, and then take the wide receiver fifteen and twenty later on? And and so who's wide receiver fifteen and twenty? Oh, DJ Moore. Yep, wheels up. And Garrett Wilson, right? <laughs> yeah, Holy yeah. shit! And and, and go Every back time. up to the what's the running back five and six? Swift and Eckler. So I get Swift and Eckler, or DJ Moore and Garrett or yeah, and Garrett Wilson overtaking. Let's say Jamar Chase and maybe you get Brees Hall or Joe Mixon, and then you're looking at Chase Edmonds. wide receiver. Well, no, yeah, not, like, Ab- not Evans, but it would be like Gibson, be that Walker, range. right? Jacob. That's what I mean, like. You're looking at guys who maybe this year they're good, yeah, but who, who knows? We don't know if Leonard Fournette's done after this year. If he goes anywhere else, he stays and is still ungood on Tampa Bay. We don't know if Kenneth Walker is going to work on Seattle. He could be Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny could Chris Carson, Kenneth Walker. Yeah. <laughs> Antonio Gibson seems to be being replaced, even though it, I don't get it, but it seems to be happening. I don't get the, it. One other and thing to take note of is look the, at those tight top, ends. the top four running backs. Okay, so top four in positional ranking PPR, the top four running backs are more valuable than the top four of every other position, including quarterback. Obviously, yeah. if we go six-point passing touchdown, it's different. They're still more viable. But this is quarterback, I believe. I forgot to change the colors. Oh, <laughs> the, colors are, the colors are different? Yeah. This is quarterback. It's confusing. Because that's six-point passing touchdown. But I'll, you're not comparing, I don't think, positions in that one. It says median of six-point. I didn't, I just didn't of change PPR. the name. Oh. Um, All right, let's move on to the next one. Anyway. So I, I have a grouping of wide receivers. It's going to be two young guys and it's going to be two old guys. Older guys. So you have A.J. Brown, who's the wide receiver five, and you have Debo, who is the wide receiver six. What was that? A.J. Brown, who was what? Wide receiver five. Yep. And Debo, who was wide receiver six. Same yeah. age. Both just signed their contracts. Who who would you rather though? Brown. Well, even even with Jalen Hurts. No, 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 no. Let, let me rephrase that. If Brown had stayed in Tennessee, yeah, I probably a, I probably would have had. I'm asking that. I know. I'm saying if Brown had stayed in Tennessee, then I would say Brown. I would take Debo now just because he's got the familiarity and he's staying in San Francisco. Same so coaching. He'll be pretty much the quarterback though. Still. Well, yes, but it's still the same system. Correct. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, and, it, it, it's much, it's much easier to lean into a wide receiver or a player that's staying with the same coaching staff and system than it is to go with a guy who's switching. You know what I mean? Like it, it's much easier to do you, that. Did you see all he's getting extra if they keep running him, running the ball with him over the life of the contract, not, not each year, 
over the entire life of the contract, he'll only make over a million dollars extra if he has so many rushing yards and so many rushing TDs. So they're not so they're not stress the stressing the running side of things. They're they're giving him the opportunity to play wide receiver, which is what he wanted. No, no, they're gonna keep running him the ball because he's they're only gonna end up paying him one point like three million dollars extra of the contract if he runs the ball a ton again. Even though it's gonna even though it's gonna. In the thought process is they're going to alienate him and piss him off, and what do you mean? he's going to be angry he, again. He signed the contract. He sees that the, the running stuff is is small. It's not like he was like, "Well, I want an extra ten million to do it." They gave him an extra million, and they only gave him three years. So if they run him into the ground, see ya. Have fun. Well, I don't know. Twenty six and have. It's risky. That's risky. It's risky to do it that way. It's risky to do it from that way. But when you look at the, the that's the contract he signed. Meaning, I think he's fine with it. They said, here, we'll give you the money you want. Here's an extra million, but we're going to keep running the ball with you. They may not do it as much, but I still think you're going to see 80% of what he did. It's possible. I mean, I just view it it from the opposite direction of them saying, you know, you know, hey. a million dollars more. Right, but but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, it doesn't give him an incentive to want to go out there and be like, hey, run me the ball. I'm only going to make a million dollars more. What the hell does it matter? Right. Don't don't give give him the incentive not to. Well, it doesn't. You're right. I mean, it kind of works both ways, but you alienated the potential of pissing him off. I mean, I'm going to be honest. Sit out and lose money. You imagine week seven, he pulls an Antonio Brown. When you guys, Mark, when you asked those two players, my my reflex reaction was at eight at at eight AP. I want DJ Moore over both of them. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's not the question I'm asking. That's why I don't ask that question. (laughs) That's easy. Uh, I understand that answer. Between those two, I mean that would be the case. Give me AJ. Give me AJ Brown. I would say at the at that that cost, then I would just take T Higgins at ten. But yeah, D, DJ at Moore's ADP, yeah, at fifteen behind yeah. him though. So yeah, yeah I one hundred percent agree with both of those things. <laughs> you have to take one of those. Two. I took AJ Brown. All right, the next one is your wide receiver seven and your wide receiver eight. Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs, pretty much same idea, opposite side of the age point. And I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with what I normally do. I'm gonna say Diggs, just because you're gonna lean into him not changing teams, not changing quarterbacks. And and I know Derek Carr and Devontae Adams have played together before, but they played together how long ago? Yeah, I was gonna say, was like, that eight, like, nine years ago now? Like two way different like, players. Than they were a decade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, totally I mean, different guys too. I mean, I, and Diggs. don't and don't get me wrong. I I still I still like Devontae Adams as a top wide receiver in the league. We just saw one of the most ridiculous trades go down in this league that we were talking about earlier involving him in my opinion and, and but at the same time i understand the argument because Devonte is going into his 30th year soon and blah 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 but we've seen this with wide receivers that they don't really necessarily slide off you know what i mean so yeah. my biggest thing with Devonte is just the switching of teams how, how is he going to handle josh mcdaniels like how's that dynamic going to work it's it's a whole new system it's not the familiarity of having the stability of aaron Rodgers as your quarterback that that's that's why I would take Stefan Diggs just because he knows what he has with Josh Allen. For me, it's it's Dig because yes, Josh Allen. Who's his competition? Shakur, exactly. Gabe Davis, Dawson Knox, James Cook. But so it's a lot of the unknown. Where in Las Vegas you're looking at Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, um, Josh Jacobs being used, Kenyon Drake being used. Because I mean, Josh Jacobs had a good pass catching year last year. And he now has a coach who's a little more willing to work that into his playbook. So I just, and then you're, you're talking about a whole new team. You know, you're, you're talking about a guy trying to 
get his way in. And yes, he's one of the top wide receivers in the league. There's no doubt about that. But that doesn't mean he just instantly comes in and, and has a great year. And I just think Josh Allen's a better quarterback. Simple as that. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Well, I mean, that, that always helps. All right. We're going down a little further now. So the RB21 and the RB22. Leonard Fournette and Josh Jacobs. Now, you might think it's easy. But let's also remember, they declined Josh Jacobs' fifth-year option, mm-hmm. and they drafted Zamir White. Who I'm really excited to see play tomorrow, by the way. Super excited to see play tomorrow. Yeah, play in the, uh, at least the Hall of Fame game. Yeah, he's why wouldn't Samir White play in the in the Hall of Fame game tomorrow? I don't know. I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd roll out my rookie they, who's had previous knee injuries in a stupid game that means nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, they they absolutely are going to. They need to see him in game action, even if uh, it's just drive. for one quarter or one drive put, or two drives. Put him in the gonna, other three games you have. But they're the gonna game game really doesn't matter. Well, they're not going to put him in game three. Game three is literally not going to matter because game three is fighting for the end, and game two is going to be the starter, the dress rehearsal. So I, I, I mean, prefer to see those before I see the Hall of Fame game. But oh, they're going to they're going to play him tomorrow. He'll probably start. I mean, he may not play long, but he's going to he's definitely going. So it, for me, it is it is actually easy. It's just Jacobs. I mean, not that Jacobs is in any better position than Leonard Fournette moving beyond this year, because it's very possible that you know they both end up as free agents and don't get re-signed or whatever it may be, but. I think that Jacobs probably just has a better shot of latching on somewhere than Fournette does, especially if the out of shapeness is a is a huge concern for for Tampa Bay or you know for other teams in the league. They see that, and, and they're like, okay, so you know, if From we do, sign, if we do sign this, does huh? this a lot in the offseason. Well, yeah, every that, every year, I, from what I understand, he he gains a bunch of weight because and that's a concern. I forget which for player said. I think it was Mike Evans. It's hard to balance trying to take time off and eating correctly. Well, I mean, and but that's, that but that's a concern for teams, though. Teams aren't going to want to see a guy come in overweight. So, Eli, <sighs> I'm going to answer the question. Then I'm going to talk, bring up how gross it is to me that these two running backs are ahead of some of the guys on the list. But if I had to pick between those two, they both had a rookie running back coming behind them uh, what's Fournette 27 something like that yeah oh oh and real quick before you just I will say that I'm not sure that the Raiders offensive line isn't better than Tampa Bay's I'm yeah, I'm probably I'm just, just I'm, I, I would take Jacobs here I, I don't want I'd rather have Rashad White on Tampa Bay than Fournette I'm gonna take Jacobs here just because I have a young guy I know they didn't pick up his option maybe he goes somewhere as a RB2 change of pace guy and maybe he lights the world on fire and the Raiders re-sign him. I mean, yeah, sure. yeah, you know, it's, but there's there's no – I don't see Leonard Fournette re-signing in Tampa Bay at the end of this year. It's on three-year deal. Well, I, not, whatever it may be. re-signing or, in general. Or, well, that's right. I forgot, he, I forgot he signed that three-year deal. But. He'll be there most likely next year no matter what. It, he's, a, he's a pretty big cap at some But I don't year. see his role being as heavy next year. I see Rashad no. White eating majorly into that next year. I agree next year, yeah. Yeah, and if Jacobs has a good year and a bounce back year, I, I could see the Raiders resigning him and making him still the vocal point. So, here's a good question then, because I lo- I'm looking at guys behind who we just talked about, Ezekiel. Elliott. Don't because they're they're much better. Yeah, yeah, Ezekiel, Elijah, uh, Mitchell. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell. I would rather Aaron have Jones. They well, no, Jones should. Is... They should be. You shouldn't always be building your team to not perform well in the first few seasons. And if a guy like Ezekiel Elliott is there. At likely your what's that fifth, seventh round pick, sixth round pick, you're taking Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sorry, over Leonard Fournette and Josh Jacobs both. 
get out of here. Let, let me be honest. Tony Pollard at RB31, I'd consider taking them over Len Fortnite and Josh Jacobs, if depending on how I've drafted my team. But this is where I'm probably already heavy on running back. So I'm now Hope willing so. to Couple. hit some wide receivers and then take Tony Pollard in a round or two later. Now, Tony now Pollard, me... James Cook, Tyler Allgaier, uh I'll take some of the rookies. I'll take Isaiah Spiller, Rashad White in that range after that. Well, let me let me ask this question then too, because we're we're talking about what we would we're discussing what we would do. Is it possible that the reason why we're seeing some of these eighty guys be as high as they are is because there is people implementing that zero wide receiver strategy, and this is one of their first running backs off the board in comparison to zero RB. Yeah, sorry, zero RB uh, strategy where where we would be like okay we want to we would take tony pollard over those guys yes we would take tony pollard over those guys but somebody may not be comfortable taking tony pollard as necessarily their rb1 so they're looking at that four net josh jacobs you know ezekiel elliott range at that point in time but it, i think is, in that point you should just take that. then well I, I don't i don't disagree with that i'm not saying that but i mean you're, you're talking about the rb23 so we're talking 21 22 23 right here right so it, but i'm it, saying it's all like it's all like right there if you're looking at your rb1 in that sense take z i i just pulled these two out because i think both of them could have a really good year this year but who knows what they are in the future that's how i view jacobs and fournette zeke is less like that because i don't know that they can get out from his contract so quickly so but he's probably two years z at least on a team but when it comes to those three, you're looking at Josh Jacobs and rookie. You're looking at Leonard Fournette and rookie. You're looking at Zeke and Tony Pollard, who's been there and is expected to have a bigger role in that offense. The guys may be taking those guys as like, so, so okay, these guys are going to see freaking season. And but. so are these guys going to be seeing more of a, a, a particular you know, you know what I mean? Like a particular situation. Like they're going to be there for like saying, okay, well, I expect a bigger workload for these two than I do necessarily Zeke. I, I, again, I can't think RB for certain people, zero. but well, exactly. That's why you don't go zero <laughs> RB. But I, I, I just find it that that's the only way I could justify seeing it is these are heavily reflected to the zero RB drafter. So I want to ask him because this somewhat aligns with that, but we're also seeing this huge dip or I compared to what we we're used to a few years ago, people are drafting younger overall than I think they used to early in our dynasty leagues. People did not have a problem drafting 27, 28 year old wide receivers running backs at times at 25, 26 in the first couple of rounds. And we're not seeing that as much. That's why some of these guys are falling, but I'm going to name a couple of players and tell me if you think that they'll have, you know, do you think they'll have a wide receiver one, two season? So top 24 or wide receiver three? Um, Hunter Renfro. I think he's going to have a wide receiver two year. Yeah. Okay. DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Oh, missing six points games. Uh, high end wide receiver three. I'll say Brandon, two in points per game. Brandon Cooks. Two. Okay. Low end All wide receiver two. Michael Thomas. Uh, wide receiver four. Wide receiver four. <laughs> running, running, running slants. Uh, no, honestly, honestly, probably honestly, Michael Thomas will probably end up two. as a high end wide receiver three, low end wide receiver. I think his ceiling will be low end wide receiver two. I think that his safety net is going to be a high end wide receiver. Okay. We're talking about guy who's oh, two. Uh, wide receiver one, low end wide receiver one. Two. So here's the thing: 
in dynasty startup ADP, they are the 40 through 44 wide receiver. Yeah. That is, yeah. we saw it on the chart. That is how deep wide receiver is. I'm curious. Do you have the, 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 the sleeper ADP by, by dates? You have it right somewhere. You, you shared it us, with us, right? Yeah. Can you yeah. go back to a month ago and let us know what Hunter Renfro was a month ago? Well, actually, no. When did when did Devonte Adams get? Nah, yeah, never mind. Don't I don't think it's gonna go back that far. I can go back to May. I don't think that would be. But Adams was already there in May, so I was just curious to find out where his. Forty-one. I feel like forty-one in May. Well, yeah. I feel like Hunter Renfro in the drafts before the trade with Devonte Adams that I was in because I was in a couple drafts before the trade happened. His ADP must have been at least it must have been up in the up in the lower twenty uh, high end twenties lower thirties twenty seven through thirty two he had to have Even, been high because people were in love with this guy. Well, I mean, had to watch him for one year. I get it, but yeah, it's so volume based at that time. Like, I think the other reason to, to base on your 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 age thing, Eli, to go back on that real quick is I think the reason why we're starting to see it is I think I think the dynasty community as a whole is starting to understand and work out dynasty a little bit better. Like Dynasty was one of those things that kind of like took a little time for people to get into. Like some people were like, oh, I'll do it. And then they just treated like redraft because that's all they ever knew. And I think people are starting to finally kind of like realize that the drop off, if you have an old team, is horrendously bad. (laughs) Like that, that because you can't get the things that you could get for him before. Because if you if you're in a league with people that actually understand the dynasty aspect you're going to be left hung out to dry because your roster is going to be at an average age of 34 and and then you're it's going to be hard to sell the orphan it's going to be hard to you know what i mean like and i think you're starting to see a lot of these dynasty players kind of understand that a little bit better like think about us with c to c like we've only been doing c to c really what two years now this will be our second year and our third draft was already significantly better as far as our strategy was concerned than our first two wide receiver 21 and the wide receiver 22 Jerry, Judy, Chris Godwin. Judy for me. <laughs> yeah, Judy for me. Tough. I'm going. I'm taking Godwin. I'm taking Tough. Godwin. I, I like Judy with a better quarterback. And Godwin coming back from the injury, for, at least for this year. I love Godwin's ceiling. Yeah, I'm taking Godwin. I'm taking Godwin. I changed my mind. I'm taking Godwin. I just got, I love Godwin. His, his ceiling is higher to, than Judy's for me. He's just, he's done it before without Brady. He had a top season without him. Who knows who the quarterback is next year? But I, him playing in that slot role in that offense, just the, the volume is constantly there to go along with all the yards he racks up. Hopefully, for Eli's right. sake, it's Jake Fromm. Kyle <laughs> Trask. Kyle <laughs> Trask. All right, it's going to go to a quarterback. It's actually going to be the quarterback nineteen and twenty-one because I'm skipping over Tom Brady because. I honestly don't understand how his ADP is so high. Zach Wilson at quarterback 19 or Kirk Cousins at quarterback 21? If I'm drafting to win now, I'm taking Cousins. If I'm drafting young I'm, or for the future, I'm taking Zach Wilson. Just give me Wilson. Uh, here, here. I think I'm taking Zach Wilson no matter what, but it's extremely I, close. I'm tired of having Kirk Cousins on my team. I, I, but I don't... <laughs> But I, I honestly feel like Cousins, because Cousins has been hovering on the cusp of what would qualify technically as a QB1 for years. Um, yes, yes. I, I think the thing with Cousins is is he's been held back by coaching, whether it be Washington or Minnesota. Like His coaches have been absolutely dreadful. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is going to be a guy that might surprise a lot of people, and Minnesota could easily win the North this year. I think that oh. Cousins is, is 
a much better quarterback than people realize or think he is. It's just what is his true what what where what is his true calling in Minnesota and how long is he actually truly going to be there? If, if they, they win do the North, what you're saying, yeah, he'll be if there. If they don't, he might not. He might not. And and that's and that's where my question mark comes where I feel like the Jets are really taking everything that they possibly can. I mean, we could see make Zach Green Wilson Bay trade Aaron Rodgers to the Jets next year, and the Jets turn around and trade him to Minnesota. <laughs> you, honestly, I'm surprised you did that instead of QB 18 and QB 19, because I think that's a better discussion. I think Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, who, who do you take there, is a better discussion. Oh, yeah, I actually didn't even see Mac Jones up there. I, I kind of skipped over him. So who because, would you rather have then? Well, I mean, and this goes back to uh, it, it's a tough one. I personally. This would, is your QB2. Well, QB2 or not, I, I'm taking – I would Hopefully. take Zach Wilson. I would take Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to be a very good QB2 for his entire career. I think Zach Wilson has QB1 potential. Sure. And I'm going to take the potential on that over the safety. He just net. also screams way too much of a bust to me. And it's, it, it's very possible. But the Jets are doing everything that they can – just make sure he succeeds. So that let me it's let me put this way. That's a Mac Jones. It, if <laughs> I'm <the> Jets. <laughs> if I'm talking about my QB two, I'm taking Mac Jones. If I'm talking about my QB three, I'm taking Zach Wilson. And don't get me wrong, I really really like Mac Jones. I I, I really do, and I I would not be mad taking Wilson or or Jones personally. I just feel mm-hmm. like that if I'm going to take a QB two, I, I don't know. Maybe playing it safe would be the way to go. But I I'm, I, I think I want to try to up aim for that upside. I'm going to take Zach Wilson. All right, this is going to be three it's wide receivers close, this time. It's very close, very close, though. Very close. Three wide receivers. Wide receiver 26 in Chris Olave. Wide receiver 27 in Jamison Williams. Wide receiver 28 in Rashad Bateman. So I'm was, taking Bateman. So it was Bateman? Well, Jamison Williams and Chris Olave. Jamison Williams and Chris Olave. Oh, um, Bateman. It's oh, tough. Bateman. I'm taking Bateman. Yeah, I think I'm going to take Bateman. I, I, there's, there's not a ton of other weapons on that team. And even and, and Lamar threw the ball more than I think people realized last year because he was injured for a lot of the season too. The the only thing I, I could see I, I I can't make a case for Olave over those three or over. In I, I I included him for one person on this this chat. I would take I would take Olave over Williams. Give me Bateman over both. I I, I, I would, would make I would take I, Jamison over Olave. Yeah, I would too, just because of his ceiling. But I'm not surprised in, in that sentiment for Eli you are you're definitely the Olave fan club team president in this group no doubt about that and and, and I like Olave sure. I just I'm just not I do too I, I like all three I'm, of just, not, guys. I'm, I'm not. just not excited about Olave I guess it's like he's kind of like Seth Williams all right and here's the last one I have it's going to be the RB 27 in James Cook and the RB 31 in Tony Pollard I, I left out Damian Harris Miles Sanders and Clyde Edwards-Alaire in between there because I thought there were easy choices where you're taking most likely James Cook over all of them or Tony Pollard over all of them. So I felt like for us, those two were more of a an actual thought we would have, and I'm taking James Tony Cook. Pollard. I, I, I have not made my love for James Cook a secret. It's not hidden about where I feel about James Cook, especially after watching more of him as far as his tape and stuff is concerned. I would take Cook just because of the Zeke factor with Pollard. 
I do. I am not worried about Zach Moss or Devin Singletary or Duke Johnson or whoever, some whatever gross, former grocery bagger that they signed to play running back for them. I'm not worried about that. I think James Cook's the most talented back in Buffalo, and I think he's a lot more well-rounded than people realize. And I think I would rather take him long-term than Pollard because there's still no guarantees that even if Zeke leaves Dallas, that that's going to be Pollard's backfield. So, I don't. So for me, it's because Pollard is, this is his age 25 season. So now we're looking at whether, like you said, whether or not he's the Cowboys running back in 2023 or he gets signed by somebody else as an unrestricted free agent. You've got a 26-year-old running back that's never been the focal point of an offense. And so what are you getting at best? A couple of years of RB2, maybe a one good season in there i'd rather take somebody like james cook with limited competition in front younger and hope i get it i i really like tony pollard but his career trajectory reminds me so much of duke johnson yeah it's just it just it it reminds me so much of duke johnson yes it does his whole career trajectory reminds me of it duke was on that rise in cleveland they were like oh he's fans were like clamoring for him to be the guy and he just never quite got to that point and then they drafted Nick Chubb and he was like, well, we're going to trade him to Houston. And then the wheels fell off. Tony Pollard has never really been the guy in Dallas and people have been clamoring for him to be the guy in Dallas. And if Zeke leaves or whatever it may be, the next thing, you know, they could easily be drafting a guy to come in and Pollard is now once again, unhappy with things and taking a very Duke Johnson esque type career trajectory. He's better than, He's better than Duke Johnson, but I'm just you saying. Know what Duke Johnson's highest rank was. Finished, oh, I, like, I, I'm not. Season? I'm not comparing Tony Pollard to Duke no, Johnson. No, but I, no. do, do you know what his highest is actually? Oh, I don't. Because I think it's going to completely surprise the hell out of you. Oh, RB twelve. You were close. RB eleven. Yeah. PPR. Yeah, PPR. I, I don't remember that season at all. Well, that but that that season is the reason why he was starting to gain that whole like you know, like momentum of being the guy. Like people were like, Duke can do this. Duke can do this. Duke can do this. And Cleveland never committed to it. Pollard he reminds me a lot of that. 74 passes in that year. 93 <laughs> targets. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I, I don't understand. And, why then he they burned, and then he burned everybody the following year. <laughs> no, yeah. So, RB 38. Yep. I, it, for me, it's just, do I, I don't love the idea of drafting running backs that have been in the league for three full seasons. And never been the guy. I don't care what the metrics and the analytics say on that front. I don't want that guy. He's not looking like he's going to be the focal point of the offense this year. Like I said, unrestricted free agent next year. But now what do we have? So that's, I don't want that second contract running back on a new team either. That's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Pollard because for me, he's actually safer at this point. James Cook has immense upside in that offense. But he also could just be Naheem Hines. And Naeem Hines has some good years. But I I, I have to I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna trust Tony Pollard and I, I think I've always been more higher I've been higher on Tony Pollard than you guys. I just it's it's an offense that is pretty high powered. And not that Buffalo isn't, but Buffalo runs through Josh Allen and, and Josh Allen steals carries and not even just steals carries, he steals receptions for running backs. So, like we, we said with Cam Newton, who ended up throwing the ball to Christian McCaffrey because it was the smartest thing to do, Josh Allen has to be able to do the same thing. 
And so far, now that he's had a running back that technically is as good as James Cook to do it, but he still has to do it. But they've also talked about wanting him to run less. Whether or not that happens and comes to fruition, we'll, come, right. we'll wait and see. Every, we said that about Cam Newton every freaking year. We want Cam Newton to get less hit. We want Cam Newton to, to not do this. We want Lamar, it's Lamar Jackson. We want Lamar not to run so much. And then halfway through the year, when we were a little stagnant on offense and we opened it back up to that guy running around again because it opens our offense up, it's, it's the Russell Wilson and throwing the ball. We want Russ to throw the ball over the place. Oh, well, you know, we're not doing too great. Let's go back to running the ball and playing defense. Russ cooked for a little while, and then we decided to give up on him. And that makes total sense. And, and, and we, we, we definitely want less of that. And there's still a good chance that Buffalo may follow through with it. It's just they they went out and got James Cook to be a, 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 position, a positional fix because Buffalo's running backs were so friggin' awful. Like Singletary had a good run through the playoffs. Sure. Whatever. But we haven't seen Singletary do this on a more consistent basis. So there's no, you know, you know what I mean? Like there's just no, there's no consistency with Singletary. So they went out to get Cook to be that guy. And he's a lot better between the tackles than I think people realize. Sure. But are they going to use him that way, especially in year one? Well, I mean, it, it will be tough. I mean, but if any positional, if any position is going to do it, it's going to be running back. Like running back is the one position in the league where, you generally get immediate results from your rookies because uh, you know it's just it's just the it's the position. It's not really anything else. It's just the position. So uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe I still I still want Cook over over Pollard though, long term specifically. So I mean, Zach Moss was a third round pick. Yeah, but Zach Moss also ran a friggin' well, it shouldn't have been a third round pick and ran like a four nine a four nine forty or some shit. He's slow as hell. <laughs> there was no reason they, for Zach. There was no reason for Zach Moss to be a third round pick. They they did they, it because they they, still, pan- they did it because they panicked with Devin Singletary because Singletary wasn't the guy that they thought he was. Singletary was a third round pick, wasn't he? Well, I was just about to say he was also so, so in the last three drafts. Boom, 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 boom. They went round three, round three, and then Cook was a round two, right? They took James Cook round two. Not not the last three drafts. Three out of the last four drafts. I, I thought they've been they didn't back draft. To back. No, they didn't draft a running back last year in the, in the second or third round. Moss wasn't a rookie. Moss wasn't a rookie. He was a rookie three years. Ago. So 2020 for Moss 20, yeah. and then 19 for Singletary. 19 for Singletary and then okay, so but still, you, 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 so the, there's no guarantee and I believe they will. I'm just, I'm not guaranteed. Right. Pollard, I think, has a guarantee that they're going to give him and he's just more electric when he gets the ball in his hands because you don't exactly know what he's going to do when he's on the field. For whatever reason, they don't like throwing the ball to Zeke. I don't know why. He does a good job when they do it, but he does. He does a very good job. When teams figure out that they, if you have two running backs that can pretty much do the exact same things, your offense runs better. It it, it blows my mind. More teams don't do it. They all draft. We went the bruiser and we went the pass catcher. Yeah, both. Uh, well, I think a lot of teams are also moving away from the the whole process of having a workhorse running back because of the wear and tear of what it does to a team in the, in such a short period of time. Like if you could, if you could prolong Zeke's career or even Derrick Henry's career by an additional, you know, three to four years and give him less work as a whole and prolong him with the efficiency that they have both presented to their teams. I think most teams would take that because it's much harder to replace a talented running back at that caliber than it is 
to just be like, well, we're going to do what Buffalo did and just hope one of these guys hits drafting running backs five years in a row or whatever. So I, I, I think that teams are starting to see that. And that's why I'm, that's why I'm a little bit concerned about Najee Harris long-term in comparison to Javante Williams long-term, but I don't know if Denver is necessarily still taking that approach, but they did bring back Melvin Gordon. So you want to hear something funny? So at the very bottom of ADP, the number 14 kicker is going ahead of Jalen Rager. <laughs> He's the wide receiver 119. The only two wide receivers that make it onto this sheet ahead of or behind him, I mean, are Olamide Zacchaeus and Bo Melton. What a fall. For People a hate him. People hate him. I, I mean, I understand why, but like, just think about that. You, you're talking about a, a rookie from 2020, correct? Yep. Who was top five was wide first, receiver in that rookie class. He was a first round pick. Yep. First round pick. And in two years, he's the 119th wide receiver in ADP in July. He was the most dropped wide receiver in football last year in any format. That's so sad. He, he might have had the most drops too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very possible. That is for sure. Oh, it's extremely sad, Eli. Extremely sad. But him and Denzel Mims are both like that. The the two guys that are like in that process of you know being so the, either Mims isn't on. Wow, Paris Campbell's at wide receiver ninety eight. I think that's a great steal, honestly. As long as he can stay healthy. So far, I've not seen Denzel Mims in the list. He so he might not even be. Rager and Mims were the mo- two most dropped quarterbacks last year. Wow, Corey Davis at wide receiver eighty six. They're expecting him to be the third wide receiver in New York. Like, can you see? Can you look up Justin Ross on the most updated one? Justin Ross? Yeah. Well, so he's wide receiver. Wide receiver. Oh, oh, because because of the injury. Still wide receiver eighty. Oh, so he, he was wide receiver eighty-two. So I was wondering how, but he, I, it probably hasn't corrected enough yet. He was going ahead of good amount of guys. One. Wow, Lavisca Chenault at wide receiver seventy-three. I'll be honest. I think that Miles Sanders with RB twenty-nine is a guy that I would target i would rather have him going into his fourth season than plenty of these guys in front of him because as inconsistent as he is you're probably drafting him at his floor here so based on his fantasy points per game i assume you're taking him over clyde you're taking him over james cook i'm taking him over clyde dylan connor and probably jacobs and fournette so he would probably be in like the twenty-two range ish for me. So I'd move him up ten spots. Well, yeah, you also have to move up. There, I mean, there's guys Elijah Mitchell, James Cook, Zeke that you're probably moving up yeah. ahead of him also. So he probably falls more in the twenty-five running back range than because you know. But I'm happy. I, to I would get assume you when he used to he was a top five rookie pick. Yeah, but I, I agree because but we don't we're not big Ch fans. We're not big AJ Dillon fans. We aren't that high on who was the third one. Here's the thing: Sanders played 16 games his rookie year, finishes RB 21 in fantasy points per game. Okay, 2020, 12 games played, number 17 running back for fantasy points per game. Hold on, before you move on, don't also forget in that rookie year he may have played 16 total games. But he was not the focal point of that offense no. until midway through the season. So he did such a great job in limited touches to at least get himself to RB21. Yeah, he finished the season super strong. He would have been like RB10 like with the end of his year. 
the second half. I, I think the toughest thing is his coach. Yeah, he needs a little bit. There's nothing wrong with what he's done with the volume he's been giving. Uh, less than 200 rushing attempts, under 50 receptions. Well, the thing with last year was Sirianni just at, at points just decided, I'm not running the ball anymore. I remember being in Philadelphia for the Tampa Bay game, and they started losing their minds because they ran the ball three times in a row and hit like three big chunk plays. Because I even Tampa Bay were one of the best run defense was like, oh, you're running the ball. We weren't prepared for this. You're not supposed to run the ball. Like he in, – in that game, he only ended up with nine attempts. Yeah. But they were losing their mind because they just – he just would abandon the run on that team. And, and people people were calling for him in the middle of that season last year. Oh, yeah. And that's one of the things – Crazy, uh, that's why. Well, yeah, yeah. That's, 11 that's, touches that's that my game. toughest thing with, with, with Sanders is I don't know that I trust Sirianni to – I know. But give him the ball the over the at this point. See. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I mean, I, I could also say the same thing about maybe taking Pollard. I'd prefer him over some of those other guys. Kareem That's Hunt, I would prefer Is over that some of the guys. Should be getting enough volume to be in the top. Oh, 15. easily, easily. And instead, we're sitting here going, "Oh, I might draft Tony Pollard yeah. to change a pace James pack Cook. behind Ezekiel Elliott." Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Like. Maybe you should start trying to trade for Miles Sanders. The problem with that, though, is, is I don't know. The owners might be so entrenched because of what they've already dealt with. Are, you know, is it is it a situation where they're going to give up him for small pieces? I should do it in OG Debbie. Because is that the league you traded him away for Joe Burrow? <laughs> yep. Who who did you make that trade with? Are they still in the league? I don't think so because Madden's the owner of that team now and he has sanders on the trade block what league was that OG Debbie. OG Debbie. uh oh he's got tony pollard on there too demon madden yeah but was that the demon the demon I league remember that league? well uh is it gonna give me the no ff bot oh yeah that's, oh. Who, that's who traded traded you he, he won the league last year didn't he yep won the league and then bounced didn't bounce never said anything well yeah just yeah well i mean technically bounced Maybe he died. It's possible. Might be the first time. Oh, no. I'm I'm pretty sure in that um, Superflex and League, the, the one lady died because she said to us last year that if she'd stopped talking, she it's probably because she died because she was in like stage four terminal cancer and didn't know how long she had. Oh yeah. But yeah, she didn't answer me this year, so I'm assuming she has uh, moved on. Well, we had that one one guy in the PFF league was in like twelve league and just randomly died. Oh. But also, isn't is it return where Fockers and his buddy ran the team? Yeah, yeah, he's gone now too because I don't think he he did them for that one year because he's like, oh well, I guess I'll do them this year. But he's like, I don't want to do all this. Too yeah, much work. I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> right. Uh, that's gonna do it for us here tonight at the Dynasty Academy. Until next week, have a good one.
<sighs> Mark, where the hell did you add Brees Hall on your list? Where'd you put him in? I'm very curious. I'm assuming if he's on there, wherever he was on there, because you put him so at 17. I put him at 17. Yeah. Wow, you'd have him behind Zeke. Huh, interesting. I haven't seen anything from him yet. I put him at 12. And and I, I can't say though? for sure. Yeah, but I can't say for sure that um, Michael Carter doesn't eat into it. Who knows what the Jets are going to do? I mean, it's the fucking Jets. I mean, so Brees Hall was one that I wanted to bring up, and that was his sleeper ADP is sitting at a healthy RB7. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that that's fair. I mean, probably higher than when I would rank him, but... Well, that's so that's ahead of Cam Akers, Dobbins. Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta remember, Cam Akers is still coming off of the Achilles, so people are still not 100% sold on him, even though he looked good when he did. No Mixon. Yeah, honestly, I don't understand the Mixon love. Where did it all of a sudden come from? What, what do you mean? He he had a great season where he was the guy. Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I understand healthy, that completely. And they upgraded their offensive line. And what are the chances that Mixon actually stays healthy for a second year in a row, though? We could have said the same thing about Dalvin Cook when he started. I, I'm fine with Mixon. I have him. I, I personally have him at, what do I have him at, like eight before the rookies? Nine. Nine. So I have him at nine. So I'm okay with Mixon right, right around there. I just, I didn't understand the Mixon love. Like, he's rated on the sleeper ADP eight. higher than, yeah, but he has he's higher than, who was it that I was, oh, maybe I, I guess maybe I just misread it. Yeah, I misread it. Sorry. I thought they had him higher than DeAndre Swift. I misread it. It was just it was Dalvin Cook's number. I was like, but I, I mean, I, I like only, Mixon. Well, look, I, I mean, I like Mixon. Don't get me wrong. But it's funny we talk about how he's has lots of injuries, but these are his games: 14, 14, 16, 6, which was the year they were also terrible. So I'm going to assume they also were like, we don't need to play you. We want to suck. So why don't you just take the rest of the season off? You know, 16. you know what I think. You know what I think. I think with Mixon is uh, he reminds me a lot of T.Y. Hilton, a guy who was never actually fully like injured for any length of period of time, but constantly popped up on the injury report and was questionable. That's like yeah, T.Y. I mean, that's like that's, that's like T.Y. Hilton's career. That's who. That's Julio Jones. No, no, I think Julio's a better comparison. <laughs> no, no, if, no, you go, no. If, you, if you go back to Julio pre these last two seasons, he didn't miss that many games. Yeah, and T.Y. Hilton didn't. T.Y. Hilton didn't miss right. a single game until Just two years ago. What, what I mean in, in what I mean is top guys. T.Y. Hilton never really was considered to be a top wide receiver in the league. Oh well, no, but I'm just I'm comparing it to the fact that T.Y. Hilton had this misconception for a very well, long I, period of time that the dude so was hurt Julio, all though. the time. So did Julio because well, Julio every Julio's more every recent, game he'd, so. he his he'd, more recent. No, even Julio would he'd, every time he'd be questionable all week, and then he'd, he'd he'd play or he'd play a few snaps, but he was he was um you know he only played half the game because he he strained whatever he had. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot of injury. Yeah, but he but he didn't miss a single game until just two years ago. His first game that he missed was two years ago for Ty. One no zero 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 five in two thousand nineteen, or maybe it was three years ago. That's four years ago. Oh, that'd be three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, three years ago. Six Thanks. injury reports that season. It had a, oh, yeah, six games, and he missed it for quadriceps strain. It says. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, week three, week five. I don't know how they do this. It's per so injury. Oh, he missed, in oh, sorry, he, missed, he missed one game in 2014. Sorry. No, he so, missed two in 2018. No, that's injury reports on the right. On the left yeah. is games yeah. missed. Yeah, two in 2018. Where? Oh. Yeah. So, he, so he missed three games total in his entire career until what? 2019 was where he had his first 
but he was on the injury report. Look at that. He was on the injury report all over the place. <laughs> Look at Barely, barely Five, missed any six, games, seven, eight, nine, but he was nine, all nine. over. <laughs> right. Okay. Pull Julio's up. But he was all Julio. over the place. 17 weeks on the eight with injury report. <laughs> without missing crazy? a game. Isn't that crazy? It, it was nuts. With like one or two missed Like games. one game missed. Yeah, it was 2014. I forgot he missed the 2014 game. So Look at that. Although he missed those games, but 11... Three, eight, 11, yeah. But two, I mean, two, four, five, three, five, and didn't miss it. Missed a game five, zero. Missed a, five games, zero. So he I missed mean, that, that year. He missed three. That was the year that was really, but I mean, these numbers aren't any higher than T.Y. Hilton's up until right there, the 11. What do you and mean? Then he, here, he has here, 13 zero, 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 zero. In, in 2014 and 2015. He has 13 injury I, reports. One I game said missed. after that eight, though. If you take after that eight, those numbers aren't much higher than T.Y. At Hilton's first, I thought that said menstrual, by the way. I was like, wait. <laughs> well, I mean, that's <laughs> the difference for him. Uh, At least now. Then the hamstring strain in 2020. Well, the, I mean, five last inju- two years. That, has been, five. That hamstring. So 2015, he was on the injured report seven weeks for that season. Missed no games. Missed no games, yeah. But here's the thing. Here's what I don't understand. So when you look at that. Go back down. Don't change that. When you look at that and it goes week well, week one and then <laughs> week five, does that mean he missed from he had he was on the injury report week one, week two, week three, week four? But then week five would still be a fifth time. But so I, I don't know if that's like So the knee sprain is that all week was long? The knee sprain was he was on the injured list for four weeks starting week with, one. With one, two, three, sprain. four. Yeah. Week five, he fractured so, his foot in the storm. Yeah, week five. That, well, that means in 2015, either the hamstring strain went past week one and into a different week, or he had one week where he was on for toe contusion and hamstring strain. He was on because, for both. <laughs> right. So, but you can't say that's that's six weeks on. That would that would be the same week. Is what I'm saying. Oh you yeah. You can't yeah, just right. go. Have, you can't look yeah, at 2015 and say, okay, they were all one, two, seven. Yeah, I mean, it, you'd it, have to, you'd have to decipher all that as far as like the way that they break right. that down. Yeah, but I mean, either way, it's still yeah. He played I would games. say this is this is way worse than T.Y. Hilton's looks. <laughs> I, I think so. That's I, what, mean, I would I would say Joe Mixon is more like Julio because if you probably brought up Joe Mixon, it probably more looks like Julio's. Now he doesn't have as many years, obviously, so it doesn't look as yeah. Right. It's not as, yeah, there's okay, Dallas. So, <laughs> he wasn't that bad. Well, I mean, outside the, the first tear. two years, but he was injured those first two. Years. So sad. I find that interesting yeah, with the hands. I find that interesting. Yeah, what is this? Just a picture of Dalvin? Just like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> like, I find that interesting with the hamstring injury, though, there for Dalvin. I don't. That was when he was working his way back from the ACL tear. Yeah, right. But I thought the second year he missed a chunk of the year. Oh, this isn't. Yeah, the end of just, it, I believe. This is just showing I Mixon's. Guess, yeah, see, Mixon yeah. looks more like Hilton to me. Well, right, but he's not on there that often. That This is what I mean. He's not he's 2019. considered injury prone because he, he missed. 10 games in 2020, but that was it. He missed five or four otherwise. That foot sprain must have been fucking brutal. I guess Mixon's not as injury prone as I thought he was. I don't I don't want to say injury prone. I hate that word because everybody has fucking injured. Well, but, yeah, but I didn't realize that he was, wasn't was as injured as, as I thought he was. 